This podcast is powered by the leading at the top of your game development experience. If you would like to work with Karen and the shockingly different leadership team to up-level the leadership execution acumen within your organization, visit developingyourgame.com to find out more. It really starts to distort the relationship of what we are actually doing. And we've got to look at selling as this place of it's not giving to get something. It's literally giving to serve someone. When we can start shifting the mindset of what we are actually doing and really step into it. Welcome to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we equipped you to more effectively lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. Each week, we help you sharpen your leadership acumen by cracking open the playbooks of dynamic leaders who are doing big things in their professional endeavors. And now your host, leadership tactics and organizational development expert, Karen Farrell-Rhodes. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and thanks for joining another episode designed to help you better lead at the top of your game. You know, the sales and business development divisions of any company contain some of the most stressful roles you can imagine. The act of selling is natural for some, but feels icky as heck for others. And one reason for this is because it's so easily tied to your ego and emotions and sense of worth. However, the skill of selling is critical, no matter your profession. You will need to sell others on your ideas, your level of performance, or the worth of your products or services, all in order to reach any goals that you have set out for yourself. And to help us sharpen our selling skills and to help us find comfortable ground with the act of selling, we have on today's show Finca Yorkovic, founder and CEO of Finca Incorporated. She is an author, podcaster, business development coach, and expert in shifting the sales mindset. She will lead us in understanding the importance of going from transactional selling to transformational selling and what all that entails. And be sure to stay for just two minutes after the episode to listen to my closing segment called Karen's Take, where I share a tip on how to use insights from today's episode to further sharpen your leadership acumen. And now, enjoy the show. Hey there, superstars. This is Karen, and welcome to another episode of the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast. Now, I know there are a lot of listeners out there that are in the sales or sales and marketing arenas, and boy, do we have a specialist for you to listen to today. And if any of you are in the world of sales, you know it is hard to be a leader in uh the sales industry, no matter if you're an individual contributor or a people leader. And there are always things that you're facing. So to give us a few tips and ideas of how to be a stronger leader in this space, we have on today's episode, Ms. Finka Yurkovic. She is a very dear friend of mine that uh, I am so thankful that she's able to find some time to be on the podcast. But Finka is the founder and CEO of Finka Inc., And she's also an author, podcaster, business development coach, and expert in shifting the sales mindset. She actually has completed two books and is working on a third, but her two books that are there are called Sell, S-E-L-L, From Love. And then her new release is Transformational Selling, a playbook for financial professionals. 
and eight habits to grow your business and deepen your client relationships while keeping your integrity intact. And if we can figure that out, we all can rule the world. So welcome (laughs) to the show, Finca. Thank you, Karen. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're so happy to have you. Well, before we pull back the layers of the onion, I'm sure there's a ton of tips and knowledge that you're uh, dying to share. I'd like the listeners to learn a little bit more about you. I've had the honor of you know, knowing a bit and seeing your journey, but I'd like to peel back the curtain a bit for them. So as much as you feel comfortable, will you share a little bit about your personal life? Personal life. Let's see, where do we begin? (laughs) I Um, know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Personally, I live in north of you. I'm in in Canada, so north of the border. I kind of live a dual life. So we have, I, I have a professional career in the learning and development space, helping organizations uh, develop their leaders and uh, their sales teams to show up with more authenticity, empathy, and purpose in their work. But then on the flip side, it is on a given day, I can be putting on my boots and mucking stalls because we have a farm. And so um, we've got horses. I'm a beekeeper. We've got gardens and chickens and all sorts of stuff. It uh, it really keeps me grounded and uh, centered, especially when I'm out there, you know, doing this kind of work, teaching and helping leaders become more of themselves in their sales and their sales strategy. Uh, it really helps when I can go out and get my hands dirty and uh, you know, hug a horse every now and then. <laughs> And you know what? You put me to shame, Finka, because I'm like all high-fiving with my husband with our organic gardens and you have a farm. And I've seen, listeners, I've seen some of the pictures and they're just breathtaking her farm. Don't let her think that, you know, let you think that it's not a big deal. It is a huge deal. And I still it, And it's going to be a huge deal. It is May. So we're going into uh, our spring and summer season. And so part of what I'm like trying to, and this, you know, you might be able to relate, um, you know, when they're just, you've got, you know, you're good with like five or six balls in the air. And then all of a sudden you got three more that, and I, I know every season, every spring, it just gets a little bit busier, summer, even busier. Right. And, um, and now it's just sort of that season transition. How do I figure out what do I need to let go of? What do I say no to for now? For um, now. As, for now. That's, that's just a, for me. It's a for now as I, you know, orient myself to the spring and summer growing season. And, and there's just so much. And, and it is, it's a beautiful uh, balance that uh, keeps me on my toes. So we'll just call it that. It does. It does. But it seems like you definitely enjoy it. So, and that's your, your zen, your peace. For it is. It's funny. Like earlier today, earlier today, I was, I'm, I'm taking a, wor- a workshop and we had a 20 minute break and in the 20 minutes. So, you know, you bio break, coffee, you know, top up your water, whatever, and get a snack. Right. I hop out to the greenhouse, <laughs> <laughs> pull out some salads and spinach, come in the house, mix of, you know, wash it all, throw it in the fridge. And then I'm like, okay, that was like 11 minutes. Now I got nine more minutes to go. Let me make a coffee quickly and get, get a snack get and back, back in front of the Zoom screen. But it was what I needed. And I think this is the thing. Like we've got to really pay attention to what we need. I know my nervous system, it, uh, it, it is on high drive when I'm on Zoom all day. And I do spend a, a ton of time. And when I'm in a workshop or even facilitating a workshop, three, four hours online on a camera can really drain you. And so getting outside 10 minutes, okay, I got to, you know, get my hands dirty literally for a few minutes of that as well. But just getting outside fresh air, just kind of grab my nervous system, come back and then I'm fresh again. You're ready to go. Ready to go. (laughs) 
And those of you that don't know Finka, she is a bundle of energy and the Energizer Bunny. So uh, I'm sure that, you know, that refreshment gets you focused and, and ready to work. All right. Well, let's dig into um, your work, Finka. Why don't we start up with you, sh- you know, sharing um, your passion and focusing on the arena of sales and what's, you know, how do you sell from love? What does that mean, you know, to individuals? What is What kind of mindset is that? So I believe we've got these two places where we can uh, come from, our, where we source our energy from selling. And the unfortunate part about selling is over the years, um, especially in our lifetimes, uh, selling has been perceived as this thing that I am uh, forcing you to do or get that might not be in your best interest, but because you know, I've got a stake in the deal, meaning I'm going to get compensated, maybe rewarded in some way, really starts to distort the relationship of what we are actually doing. And we've got to look at selling as this place of it's not giving to get something, it's literally giving to serve someone. And when we can start shifting the mindset of what we are actually doing and really step into it, all of a sudden, we're not selling from this place of fear or anxiousness or anxiety. It's It's really coming from this place of integrity that there are people around you that have problems, they have goals, they've got values, and they've got dreams. And wouldn't it be wonderful if you were the person that helped them get that? If you had a product, a service, a solution that will help them attain that. Often we get stuck. And if you're feeling anxious about selling, if you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to make them do something they don't want to do, or that they're going to buy, they have to buy something that they don't need. Often it is the lens is too focused on ourselves and our products and not enough on our client and customers. That genuinely, when we're coming from this place of love energy and integrity and trust-based energy, what happens is it's like, all right, I got this thing. You've got some challenges and this I, I know is going to help you get more of what you want. And we're just the facilitator of that. We're the bridge. We've got the solution that will help them get from point A to point B. And that's all we are. You know, often if you've heard the the hero's journey and and sort of the, you know, where we come in, we're not the hero to come save the day. And so again, this is another mis, misstep that can happen is we believe that, oh, I'm, I'm coming in to save the day. I've got this product, the solution that's going to help you. And it's again, it's not about you. Your client's the hero. You're the guide or the advisor coming in. And again, there's a, a, a potentially a coaching element of it, a conversational advising, guiding, counseling. And if you're lucky and you've really done all that wonderful work of building rapport and relationship, they'll say yes to you and say, yes, I want to choose you. I was talking to someone yesterday and uh, they were talking about uh, putting out their offers and they're really excited about it. Um, they're getting ready to promote it. And she said, you know, something along the lines, like if they don't uh, choose me, you know, she was trying like, like it was be something that it'll be personal. And it's like, it's not, if they don't choose you, it has nothing to do with you. It's because either the problem isn't as hot or urgent that they are willing to invest the time, energy, and effort to solve it. There's definitely things we can do to improve. How do we communicate and convey that in a way that our clients are going to understand it? How do you build in those breadcrumbs of trust and rapport, all those things are going to play a role in it. But over time, it becomes even more important for us to, again, get ourselves out of the picture and put our clients in and on center stage of that picture. No, that makes a ton of Mm -hmm. sense. And do you find, because you work with all kinds of clients, do you find 
that those in the corporate world struggle a little bit more with this or those that are in the entrepreneurial or business world struggle with this? Or is it equal? They both struggle, but they struggle differently. Oh, same more. Yeah. So what is different in the entrepreneurial space, because I, I do help both of those client types, the entrepreneurial world, often if they're coaches, consultants, or service-based providers that have an element of a body of work or intellectual property or something that they've created, oftentimes it challenges them to sell that because it's come from them. Uh, meaning they've thought of the ideas, they've created the product. It's and their baby. Right? It's their baby. And so now all of a sudden their identity is invested in this solution. Right. And as a result, that investment has them question, you know, is this a great, is it a good product? Are people going to buy it? And then if they say no, or they don't get the yeses, all of a sudden, you know, what does that say or, or mean about me? When it comes to uh, people in corporate selling uh, services or products that an organization has created for them to sell, for instance, when I was back in my financial services days, I was selling mortgages, loans, investment products, and it was great. Like I didn't love those products, but what I loved was what they did for my clients. But there also wasn't a personal relationship. I didn't come up with the mortgage. There was no, no I didn't come up with the, the, the benefits and the features that head office did. And then I had a, someone to blame. It was like, well, you know, this is what head office came, like product department did this. Like it's so, it was almost that there, it was easier, I would say easier because of that lack of investment. Again, corporate does have its challenges in getting out products. And if, if people don't believe in the products and all those things uh, that go along with that, but there was a different presencing and how do we market our solutions? I find it a lot more challenging for entrepreneurs who have made their work. That, that makes a lot of sense. That makes Because like you said, their identity is wrapped all up in that. And that mind shift to, I guess, keep their ego intact while not taking it too sensitively uh, is quite a challenge, uh, what I, I can imagine. And so- why do your clients come to you at the end of the day? What is your secret sauce that you pitch to them to help serve them? Is it to give them more confidence? Is it to show them a model that they can use? Why? Because I do know your clients absolutely love you. Uh, and I'm a fan of yours as well. But what is that magic sauce that they end up wanting to engage in with the consulting that you do? Often what happens is uh, when we sell, we resort ourselves down to selling the product or service, which means we end up in the land of transactional selling. And what our solutions and our programs help our clients with is help them shift in really thinking about the transformational impact their products and solutions deliver. And so we go from transactional to transformational. And um, the program is based and the philosophy is based on three principles. The first is authentic integrity. And authentic integrity is really about appreciating the individual who is doing the selling and helping them show up in their unique contribution and differences. And so for them to really understand that even though you might be selling the same products and services as your colleagues. You do it uniquely and differently. And how do you embrace that authentically and with integrity 
And that integrity means living it out. You got to show up with it. What we teach in that uh, pillar is all about owning your brilliant difference. So uh, there's something that is, you know, that brilliant part of you that's here to add a meaningful impact. Now, the second pillar is really focused on empathetic communication. And so when, you know, we don't work or live in silos, we've got to connect and communicate with other people. And so now that you learn how to show up in your best self and your authentic, integral self, what we actually say is when you truly do that, you can actually leave yourself at the door and now meet your clients where they're at. Mm. So often what happens, it's hard. Our ego gets in the way because we're so still trying to figure out who are we? What am I here to deliver? What's my unique value proposition? And all of that fear energy infiltrates how we show up. And so we stop paying attention to our clients. We don't listen. We're trying to figure out what we want to say, how are we going to, you know, be presented in a you know, a good impression. How are we going to be perceived in the best light? Are we going to get the deal? Are we going to close the sale? All that stuff is going on. But when you truly embrace who you are, you can kind of, okay, I'm going to put that aside. I'm good in my own skin. I feel good with who I am. I don't have to prove anything. And that pressure is gone. And all of a sudden you can show up in this second pillar of empathetic communication. And that means really listening Um, being curious and from this place of wonder of what are my clients' needs? Where are they coming from? What's most important to them? And and then stepping in and being who they need you to be. And so I'll give you an example. So let's say you're a big picture thinker and you go from A to Z very quickly. And that is your secret sauce. You, You can kind of pull things, make connections and really come up with this like beautiful solution. And yes, that would be great if you meet a client who understands what that is. And But often than not, you're going to meet someone that's different and unique from you. So we're saying still bring that beauty of big, bold, beautiful connections and trying to come up with these custom solutions for your clients, but do them in a way that your clients are going to understand and speak their language. They might need details. They might need to know step A, B, and C. They might need to know, well, If this doesn't work, what will happen? And if this does work, what will happen? So what are the consequences of of your proposal, your action forward? So really being attuned to that. And when you can bring who you are and meet them where they are, that's where we make the magic happen. And then the final pillar is all about purposeful impact. And so we believe that having your people in mind, your purpose and profit are supremely important to building a sustainable and viable business that not only rewards the people that work in the organization, but also the ripple effect of that, the communities that you are all part of. And, you know, for me, it's been, you know, over the years, you see a lot of these tech companies, you know, they're based on future valuations on what they might be able to do or revenues that they have yet to make and all of this money being, and it's like, but are they profitable? Like it, right. they're just like money pits. <laughs> and and it's like, you know, again, you it's like a lotto. Like, is this one gonna be the one? And I think we can uh run businesses with um with uh with more integrity and oh, just, you know, that sense of, you know, that just, you know, how is this going to make money and what is how what what that profit and bottom line is going to matter. And so Revenue is is lovely. It's sexy, but at the end of the day, if you're in the in the red, um, we've got a question: um, how you are, you know, how you're propelling your business forward. No, absolutely. 
And I know one of the things you also focused on are deepening relationships, correct, with uh, your target market or audience, whoever it may be. But what if it's this? these individuals are new to you, like you don't have a history or a connection point? What is one tip that you, you know, give to your clients about at least putting the first olive branch out there? Because nobody wants to be spammed with mail, you know, uh, from an unknown person too much. Is there anything that you do to encourage them to, you know, dip their, dip their toe in the water? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, how many um, DMs are you getting on LinkedIn? Like trying a to sell million. you something. Oh my God. <laughs> It is, it, they're, and they're relentless. Relentless. And it's interesting the ones that get my attention and the ones that, you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I, most times it's like, okay, thank you for your effort, but I'm good. Yeah. And then they, they keep at you and it's like, all right, I'm just going to, you know, you spam you and, and out you go. I think with today, especially, even as we live in this AI enhanced world, yeah. um, it's going to change very quickly. It's continuing to change very quickly with the chat bots and all that stuff overlaying on websites, you know, we're going to be questioning who are we talking to? Are we talking to a person? Or is this an AI tool that is facilitating a conversation for the sake of efficiency, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, and maybe, if, and definitely effectiveness, but it's that human touch. And I, you know, it's coming from this place of genuine, sincere, connection that we really, really need to, and if you want to differentiate yourself, it is a people to people business. And uh, you can be sold a magic bag of beans that it's all going to work. And yes, the technology and the digital tools, they all are there to enhance the relationship, but they are built you know, face to face, hand to hand, you know, direct in conversation. And, and so what I would say, you know, we use a, a concept called generous visibility. And often it's really difficult to put yourself out there and market yourself and, and get out there and, you know, be seen and be visible. So that way you are, you know, you build that market awareness. Right. However, if you come from this place of generous visibility, meaning go out there and market yourself, but really be generous, whether it's generous with content, meaning educate, inform, and enlighten people. That could be through your blog, that could be through a newsletter, that could be through a podcast. It could also be, you know, I met Karen and I know she really loves organic gardening. I'm going to (laughs) just pop this book in the mail for her. And, you know, you quickly order it on Amazon, get it sent over to Karen, like things like that, that will help people, you know, that you really listened and cared about them and you're genuine. Like it's just this genuine connection. The other way is um, under the generous visibility umbrella is connections, helping people connect. So Karen needs a new accountant. All right, I've got a great accountant. So let me refer and recommend. And so that's another way. And the other final is, is direct contribution. If I know, you know, Karen is really interested in improving, you know, leadership competencies and uh, with her clients, and I come across a resource or a way that I know, you know, maybe in your training, in your curriculum. I'm like, I've got this great activity, Karen. You should use this activity in your training. It'll up. And there's no interest here, like no strings attached. It's just like, here, Karen, I found this activity, this resource. It's going to really help you create magical experiences with your clients and in your trainings. That's it. Like that is it. Like don't stress, just be genuine, be sincere, help them by educating them, helping them connect with people, but also helping them look good, do things for their clients and extending that olive branch that way. 
And then figure out what you lean on. Like some people are really good at connections and networking. It's like some are, that's, that's their go-to. I'm good at content. I'll mail books to people. Like that is an easy one for me. It's like, oh, and if one of my clients, like, I think in the last three months, I've mailed her four books. Um, you know, she's in this massive growth stage in her business. And I'm like, okay, you need, you know, the book second in command. There's another one that's coming out today, 10X. And like, there's all these things like, okay, just to set her up for success. Again, no, no strings attached on my end. I just genuinely want to help and help her get more of what she wants. And, and yeah, uh, I think that is a beautiful way to be seen, build market awareness, build rapport and relationship and that sense of integrity and trust uh, with your clients. Yeah, I so I so agree. And I think both you and I, I, I well, I'm just going to call us out, master networkers. I mean, we both love to meet new people and help them out where we can. And, and for the audience, just for me, um, I kind of say I, I quote unquote hate selling, but, you know, owning a business, that's what you have to do. And so what I try to do is listen and listen. I'm very active, you know, LinkedIn and in other places where my clients are. And it's amazing when they're talking about something that they're struggling with or they're had a, a good day um, or a bad day. You can easily chime in and not try to sell them anything, but chime in and say, congratulations on this or, hey, this is an additional resource. I heard, I saw where you posted, you struggled on this, that and the other. These are for like brand new people that I haven't met before. But, you know, with current clients, I also use active listening too to see because they have a comfort level with you now, right? And when they're, they're feeling relaxed, they might share a little bit more and you'll hear, yes, things are going well on our project, but gosh, I have another project coming up in a week that, you know, is really spinning my mind. And when you learn about it, to your point, think of, you know, finding an article or a book or a podcast episode that say, hey, you might want to listen in on this. This might give you, you know, some ideas to apply. And it's amazing how much people enjoy that. Absolutely. Right? And I will say one of the things. Yeah, it that's is. It's free. Time. And the other, the time. other free thing, it, it takes time yeah. uh, where many entrepreneurs, sales professionals fall flat is they don't document Meaning yes. they're not, you know, they're not recording this in their CRM or whatever tool they use to uh, follow up, touch base, and document last moments like conversations and things to follow up on. And so, like those two things, if you just get really disciplined and systematic and committed to documenting every touch point you have with clients and potential clients and being generously visible. Uh, whatever natural way feels to you, plus a stretch. So figure it. So if you're good at connections, but not so good at content, well, do connections. But you know, every now and then, sprinkle a little bit of content in there. That's um, right. But you know, and so really doing those two things, you will, you know, your sales results will be impacted tenfold by that. Uh, just with those two things, very I, simple. You can put in place. I definitely can see how that can happen. Absolutely. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things about people that are in the, the sales function, um, no matter what industry you're in, you know, you're always faced with challenges and, you know, you are so kind to sh- and, and you're always hitting roadblocks is what I see. And you were so kind to share with me that one of the, um, the tactics that popped out for you from, you know, the research that I did for my book was all about leading with courageous agility. And, you know, audience, as you remember, courageous agility is all about having the courage and fortitude to do the right thing and move forward 
even when the future may be unclear, you may not have all the answers and know where you're getting to, but you, you have the courage to take that next step and see what happens. So I was just curious, Fink, if you can share why that resonates with you um, in general for leadership and maybe specifically in the sales industry. So under our transformational selling umbrella, we, we teach on this concept going from comfort to courage. And the way from comfort to courage is not this massive big leap. And, and, it, and it, it fits really beautifully with your pillar of courageous agility that there's the things that we do that are easy and we can do them with our eyes closed. And those are good. They keep yes. us safe. They keep us comfortable. And then there are things that we desire to do, uh, whether it's a, as a leader, you know, uh, expanding your responsibility, maybe taking on a bigger role, or as a salesperson, raising your hand saying, I want a bigger target and I want a bigger market. All those things, then there are these things that are beyond our comfort zone. And it's really declaring them. I remember years ago, you know, writing a book was a beyond a comfort zone moment for me. And I couldn't even say it out loud because if I said it out loud, you know, it's like, who are you to write a book? Like, what are you to write about? It's like, I have no idea, but I really want one. (laughs) I really want to. I really want to. But this whole notion of like, it's beyond, beyond. And, and, I had to tell it to myself over a period of time where eventually I got to, used to this idea. But the, the beauty of it was I needed to do certain edge moves in the middle. And so there is the comfort and there's the beyond, but in the middle, there's this place called our edge. And when I think of courageous agility, is it is about stepping in the edge more often um, and not being fearful because the big thing of writing a book feels too big and too daunting. Right. And not staying and saying, I'm not going to do anything at all, where instead the edge move would be, you know, let me just start writing a blog and see what that's like. Mm. And then as I started writing the blog over a period of time, eventually blog got easy and the idea of the book started getting closer away from the beyond and into my edge. And so it's a great way of, you know, how do we show up more courageously? You know, look at, you know, a, a goal you have. What would be all the comfort zone things that would be part of that goal? What would yes. be all of the beyond? And then sit down, okay, what would be some of the edge moves you can make? And then go there. You know what? Great minds think alike because I, I have a similar concept um, called dancing on the edge of the box. So we're always taught to, you know, if you want to be a you know superstar leader or what have you, that you um, should think outside of the box and, you know, go for the gusto. But to your point, sometimes that is not always the right move and for a multitude of reasons. Um, you may not have had all the data and research you need. You may have your own inner imposter syndrome going on. So we also encourage clients to dance on the edge of the box so that it's a space right between your comfort zone and being outside of the box. But it's that dipping your toe in the water, right? To try something new, different, out of the ordinary, see what happens and gain that courage to to, to take that next step, you know, and then you might find yourself outside of the box at some point, but um, we, we really drill home that concept of the edge as well. So. I love that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, great minds think alike. So think uh, uh, before we uh, wrap up, you know, you're a leader of your, your own practice now. And so I'm just curious, what does it take for you to lead at the top of your own game? Um, as you're managing you know, your people and vendors and clients and everyone, how does Finca keep it together? 
I'm going to say part one is having strong values and uh, continuing using them as my my how to my North Star. So, uh, you know, having a strong purpose, um, knowing that I'm here to elevate leaders and their teams and organizations from transactional to transformational. So having that as a North Star and the values that come alongside it. So that is sort of the container it's all in. But when I'm in there playing... got to take care of myself. I've got like yeah. right before our, our, our interview, I'm like, all right, I, I headed out there. I, you know, did a nice walk uh, outside. I take, you know, those self-care rituals of meditation, prayer, writing. Writing is something that I, and I think that's, that is the impetus of why I needed to write a third book is it keeps me like a good day is when I wrote. Um, so there's a handful of practices that I, sh- that I practice every day that help me stay in alignment. Um, make sure my nervous system is calm and ready <laughs> to take on the day. And that, um, you know, and then I've got people around me. Uh, oftentimes as a creative and as an entrepreneur, I love doing various and juggling various projects, making yeah. sure that I'm juggling the right six balls and uh, that I'm not taking on too many. And if I do take on a couple additional ones, what are the things that have to come off my plate in order to manage it? So I'd say those things. And as I started in the beginning of the podcast, the farm and living out here in the middle of nowhere uh, really helped keep me grounded and uh, experimental. Oh, it sounds delightful from my end anyway. <laughs> that sounds absolutely <laughs> wonderful. And before we let you go, we will have links to um, your book and your website and everything. But I'd love for you to get a voice behind your two books thus far so that um, listeners can get a flavor for what's contained therein. Yeah, absolutely. So first book is called Sell From Love. Um, a, it's all about helping you figure out how to love yourself, love your client, and love your offer. Uh, it really talks to the philosophy and the energy of when you're coming from this place of love and how to sell from that place versus the other one, which is that fear energy. Transformational Selling is the, uh, the next uh, book that has come out. And that one is really about the impact that we're here to make. Um, and so the first one's more about the how. This one's all about how do we shift from thinking we're not selling transactions, meaning, yes, the thing you're selling is a transaction, but we're really selling a transformational impact. And how do you really shift your mindset to that? And uh, stay tuned. Next year, we'll have the uh, transformational selling book for leaders. And so that one will really help uh, sales leaders. But uh, those are the two books uh, that we have available uh, you can check them out on Amazon and you can visit my website at Finca Inc. So Finca, I-F-I-N-K-A-I-N-C.com and you can learn more about the books there as well. Awesome. And then um, would you like to talk about your podcast? Yes. yes. Transformational Selling. <laughs> Very easy. Selling. Transformational <laughs> Selling. Yeah. And so yeah. the podcast, uh, you know, we interview guests. I talk about how to shift from a transactional to transformational mindset, how to have more confidence, how to have this thing called selling feel a whole lot easier and to do it from a place of integrity. Wonderful. Well, listeners, I will say I do listen to Finka's podcast, not only because she's a dear friend, but because I learn a lot as well from both she and her guests. And she lines up absolutely amazing guests for her podcast. So definitely tune in. Well, Finka, thank you so much for the gift of your time. I was busy writing notes. Um, I have a ton myself to look up and follow. And But we really appreciate your thought leadership and sharing it with our listeners. Thank you, Karen, so much for having me. 
All right, listeners. Well, thank you again for tuning to this another episode of our podcast. You know, my only ask for you is to please uh, click to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform of choice and please share our podcast with just one friend because we're trying to expand our reach in order to help build stronger leaders in the world that both you and I live in. Thank you very much and see you next week. Well, I hope you enjoyed our conversation today with Finca Yorkovit, founder and CEO of Finca Inc. Links to her bio, her entry into our leadership playbook, and additional resources can be found in the show notes, both on your favorite podcast platform of choice and on the web at leadyourgamepodcast.com. And now for Karen's take on today's topic of a selling mindset. You know, many people think that being successful in sales means being extroverted, pushy, and loud. And this is definitely not true. And keep in mind that the salesperson mentality isn't just for traditional cold calling and hard selling salespeople. It is for anyone who's employed, owns a business, or volunteers at a charitable organization. You know, basically anyone who's involved in networking, relationship building, or influencing others to take a course of action to get results. You know, business is a sport for gladiators, and that goes doubly for those requiring a sales mentality mindship in their lives. And I want to share with you a few tips on sharpening your selling mindset from renowned speaker Tony Robbins. His first tip is connect sales to your purpose. Every great salesperson is driven, and they have a hunger to be better, achieve more, and grow not only in their career, but as human beings. It doesn't come from a desire for wealth or status, which is really nice all by itself. But successful salespeople have made the connection between an excellence in sales and their purpose in life, whether that's giving back to the community, being there for their family, or sharing their knowledge with others. A second tip is to always be connecting. Customers buy from people they like. That's why the mindset of a successful salesperson is more focused on connecting than closing. Building that rapport allows you to build trust, get others to listen to you, and ultimately influence them to consider whatever it is you're offering. The third tip is to know your X factor. You just don't need to know every fact, statistic, and possible objection to what you're selling. You must also find out what you offer that is better than any other alternative out there. That's your X factor. It's the reason why your target audience will choose you over your peers and competitors. And it's essential to work that into the pitch or conversation that you're having. And then the last tip is to commit to what he calls CANIs, spelled C-A-N-I. It's an acronym for constant and never-ending improvement. The best salespeople know that they are never done learning and growing. They take every opportunity to feed their minds, learn from others, and gain new skills. And when you do that, you too will be unstoppable and leading at the top of your game. Well, that's all for this week. And please feel free to follow me on Twitter at Karen Rhodes, that's K-A-R-A-N Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, or by um, searching the same name Karen Rhodes on LinkedIn. I'll be at the top of your search. Thanks so much for listening and see you again next week. Take care. And that's our show for today. 
Thank you for listening to the Lead at the Top of Your Game podcast, where we help you lead your seat at any employer, business, or industry in which you choose to play. You can check out the show notes, additional episodes, bonus resources, and also submit guest recommendations on our website at leadyourgamepodcast.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn by searching for the name Karen Rhodes with Karen being spelled K-A-R-A-N. And if you like the show, the greatest gift you can give would be to subscribe and leave a rating on your podcast platform of choice. This podcast has been a production of Shockingly Different Leadership, a global consultancy which helps organizations execute their people, talent development, and organizational effectiveness initiatives on an on-demand project or contract basis. Huge thanks to our production and editing team for a job well done. Goodbye for now.